Welcome back to another episode of A Gift from Adversity. My name is Juela. I'm your host. Thank you very much for tuning in. Today, I have a wonderful guest. Her name is Amanda Love from Texas. I'm very grateful to have another guest for my podcast. And before I introduce my guest, I want to introduce my book, which is A Gift from Adversity which is the same title as this podcast. And the subtitle is Overcoming Sexual Abuse, Domestic Violence, Bullying, and Homelessness. After I went through all of these adversities, I decided to write the book because I was invited to different speech opportunities. And then they asked me if I have a book or not, and I didn't. So now I do have the book. After I published my book, which is available on Amazon, I have a lot of people message me from all over the places and shared their adversities or contacted me in the middle of their crisis. And I felt compelled to create a platform where people can talk about the adversity freely and we can work on normalizing the conversation of adversity, mental health, and how to overcome them. I'm very, very humbled and honored that All the guests so far have shared great stories, sad stories, but at the same time, they shared the gift and also the tools that they use to overcome these adversities. So let's welcome our guest. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So Amanda, we share last name together. My name is Julia Love and your name is? Amanda Love. Awesome. And can you tell our audience who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I'm a registered holistic nutritionist, and I help women get back to feeling better with their energy, their sleep, um, and just learn how to cook simple, delicious, healthy meals, because I feel like that's a thing where we are so busy but we just need easy, simple meals to get better. And like, that's how my story started. Great. And what are your social media handles and people can find out? Yeah. So my website's Amanda Lee's love. Um, My Facebook, everything's Amanda Lee's love. Um, and then, of course, I have my own podcast, which is called Physical Emotional Health Secrets with Amanda Elise Love. So, great. So, when they come to your website, what kind of things can they find out? Uh, so, it is, I was based on like, it used to be fibromyalgia. So, I'm switching over right now, but it's, recipes blogs eventually i want to get my podcast up but there i've had a podcast now for three years this week it's been three years and it has 125 episodes variety of guests a lot of the guests are like just some have shared their story inspiring story but then some are just experts in the health field because you need help with your health and we all don't know everything. So there's always like trauma experts, mindset experts, hormone experts, you name it. I've probably had that guest. Great. 
So thank you so much for sharing that, Amanda. And it's so lovely to have you today and then same last name person as me. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, well, I have a, um, so this isn't like, this is from my dad. So I'm like, if I ever get married, I'm like, I don't want to change my last name because it's an awesome last name. So. So when I became citizen in 2010, I was able to choose my name. I can completely change my name. So I just get my first name and changed everything. And uh, I really love love. <laughs> and then I actually researched and then it's pretty popular last name. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Rank number seven or something. And it, I just like the frequency that comes with it and the conversation. Every time I introduce myself, is love your legal name, like a real name? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then people, yeah, like, people are funny. That's they're like, oh, that's such a cool last name. And then I think it fits my personality too. And Amanda is the definition is lovable. And I just love people and stuff like that. So I feel like it just sort of fits my personality also. Yeah. Cool. So thank you so much sharing that now let's dive into our main topic which is the adversity so can you tell our audience your adversity yeah my adversity was that i was very sick child so i was sick um all the time i was actually born six weeks early um i found out a couple weeks ago my grandmother was like oh did you know that you actually there was you came home with like a machine and your parents were out and you actually stopped breathing and I had to do CPR and she's like I was a nurse and like I never had 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 to do that before and like that was interesting because I had really I had heard that but I hadn't really heard the story and I was sick just like every single week antibiotics sinus infections immune system and they were just like, okay, her blood work is normal. Everything looks normal. And my parents divorced when I was six. So I feel like that was some trauma right there. Um, dad remarried when I was eight years old. And she was actually pregnant with her second child while they were dating. And then when they got married, he was the her youngest was one and she also had like a three-year-old and I just was traumatized in the fact that I would have to go over to that house and I felt like I was a bad child. I had a lot of like emotional abuse I feel like and looking back I'm like there was just a lot of like suppressed emotions I feel like and that's probably why I was so so sick all the time because I would just bottle it in. And when I, I was the oldest, I had a sister who's two years younger and my sister would say to me, well, if you're, she's like, if you talk, we're going to get in trouble. So then that was the thing. And like, I was always the one in the corner in trouble. And the last year before we moved to Arizona, we were in California at the time. The courts got involved, so it got really messy and stuff like this. So this went on for like 
since I was eight years old up to like, I was almost 14 at the time. It was like a month before my 14th birthday before we moved to Arizona. And I was just never knew what it was like to be like a normal child, healthy and stuff like that. And when we moved to Arizona, I was still sick every four to six weeks. Um, at some points I was, I would run just a teeny bit, like my temperature would barely go up and it would be normal, like a normal temperature, but I would be like, okay, I feel sick and stuff like that. And fast forward to, I graduated high school and I've completed personal training program and I turned 20 years old and that's all of suddenly was where I hit my biggest adversity where I couldn't get off the couch. I was in so much pain. I was so fatigued. I was exhausted. I stopped going to the gym. I stopped everything. And I was like, why do I feel like I can't do anything? And I was just crying. I cried all day long. I was in so much pain. And the biggest thing was we went to the top rheumatology place in Mesa, Arizona, like 10 months later. And they're like, you have fibromyalgia. And then that started the slippery slope of, okay, medication. Okay. I did medication for like two days. My grandmother was like, you're not staying on that. Because <laughs> she's a nurse and she was like, you're not staying on that. Um, I did. I did physical therapy, even though like 12 months before I was doing that physical training program, never been overweight, never anything like that. And fibromyalgia is not like an overweight issue. And I actually did pain management where they would shoot this huge needle into all the trigger points, 14 of the 18 trigger points. And that was the most excruciating thing I've ever done in my life um, because you were awake and the doctors are talking and your blood sugar would crash and like all that. So that was like, and the only reason we did the pain management was because right next, it was right next door to the physical therapy. And my grandmother was like, told the rheumatology people, she's like, well, should we do that? And of course the rheumatology people said, of course I did two treatments and I didn't do the third. And that was a big thing. And I got, I would, I did a CAT scan to see if there was something wrong. Like it was just like, where are the answers? And eventually we did find some answers through a wellness chiropractor. Well, thank you so much for sharing the information. It sounds a lot. And um, when we talk about adversity and we have guests that talked about stock of adversities, but I feel like one thing lead to can lead to another adversity and then it can get worse. Um, and I feel like sometimes you're drowning and then trying to like swim above and then yeah. the breath. And your case is that you are born 
not healthy and you had a lot of medical needs but then your parents got divorced and then that on top of that you felt isolated tell us about more of the childhood being sick or going through divorce at school what kind of challenges did you have if you remember oh that's interesting question yeah so i yeah because i didn't mention this so i just was always playing i didn't i usually say this in my story but i was always just playing catch-up and with school like all the time i was playing catch-up uh i had i did get held back at one point uh because like i just was struggling and stuff like that um at that point i was going to a private school and then i was switching to other private school and i just was i got tested and they were like it's probably better if you just like go back and stuff um but i had a lot of learning difficulties growing up and that's the biggest thing i tell people is like i'm really like i'm really like an over like i'm really like like i push through and stuff like that but like i had reading like reading didn't come easy spelling never came easy writing never came easy i love to read but math was the worst um for me so like i never had a subject where i was like okay this subject's really easy i worked super hard twice as hard as probably any other kid maybe even three times hard and i got pretty good grades and stuff but math was just not my subject but yeah i just remember a lot of times being like okay i miss things because i was sick which was hard and a lot of times my sister was healthy so i'm like why is my sister healthy and i'm not healthy and my sister was only like two years exactly two years apart from me but when i got held back then we were like disagreed right but um but the biggest thing is like i think i feel like with my childhood i was like I look back and I'm like, wow, I went through a lot <laughs> and it's not a normal childhood and stuff like that. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And um, it, I feel like a lot of times when I was getting abused at home, when I was like 13, between eight and 13, yeah. and I was also getting bullied at school, but when you are in this storm and then when you don't have any perspective you don't even know you're getting abused you don't even know you're getting bullied you just like zone out and then you just you know push through it in a way that people don't understand that like you can't even like reach out to people and i feel a lot of us go through that yeah i feel like a lot of us go through that and i was i wasn't getting bullied at school luckily um but like i i think for me personally i just turned very quiet and like stuff like that also and i'm not the most outgoing person but i think it i also was hard for me to trust people and that's still something i'm working on today where it's like can i trust this person with my 
to be my full self with. <laughs> That's what it comes down to, I think. And when I would go over to my dad's house, like my, to be honest, my stepmom, she was a bully. She was a bully and they had, um, at one point they, we would have to go like 30 minutes away and they were actually, I found out this later that they were going to a, like a different church just because they wanted to take classes for people people who have like stepkids and mixed families and that type of thing. But the courts actually had counseling and they ordered parenting classes for her. And I don't even know what happened if that even happened or anything, but there was a lot of like bulleting and stuff like that. And that's a big thing. I look back and I'm like, okay, but I have to forgive for all of that. So divorce rate is, um, I think, about 60%. It's, it's very common, like yeah. 100%. But I remember when my parents got separated, I felt devastation. I felt like the world ending. Or, oh, it's, it's very hard. And then uh, that can lead it to... Now, when you mentioned about at age 20 that when you couldn't move and then you had exclusive pain and then you just didn't know what it was um how would you describe to people who have never had any health issue when something like that hit you how do you explain it is like you have brain fog you can't even think you're so tired like i feel like it's more tired than you than normal people ever will feel. Like you're just completely dead inside and stuff like that. And the pain I feel like was the biggest thing cause it was just so painful. Like my back, my neck, my shoulders, my whole body was just like, and I always say it's not like a sore pain. It's more of like just ache type of pain. And I couldn't, like, I wouldn't even take a shower. A lot of times it would hurt to just take a shower and, like, just the water hitting your body. And the biggest thing was, like, I for a long time, I couldn't give up. I didn't want people to even touch my neck or my shoulders were the worst parts for me. And, like, I didn't even want to give hugs up for a couple of years and stuff like that because I was just like, this is too painful and stuff. And I really didn't get like the final diagnosis that you received. What's the final diagnosis? Yeah, the final diagnosis was fibromyalgia. And so with fibromyalgia, it's usually a diagnosis if you they don't know what's wrong with you, or they'll they'll say, okay, they'll touch like your neck, your back, your shoulders, your legs, and they'll be like, if you have like 14 of the 18 trigger points, then you might get diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So it's really not the greatest thing and stuff like that, but that's what they diagnosed me with. And I was only 20 years old at the time. What is it exactly? I, that's the thing. They, they say it's rheumatoid arthritis. They say it's an autoimmune disease. I'm not really even sure now they really know what it is. 
Uh, but a lot of the symptoms I tell people is like extreme fatigue. Like you just can't like get off the couch. There's so much pain. Pain is a big thing. Uh, I had a lot of headaches. I had a lot of, you might have some digestive issues. Um, sleep is the biggest thing I tell people. You feel like, I felt like I would wake up even though I would get 10, 11 hours of sleep. And when I turned 20, like all of a sudden, like, I started to like need more nap. I needed naps and I had never needed naps before. Like I'd come over in the gym and like hour and a half naps and that type of thing. You just feel like a truck has hit you when you wake up. It's just like, you don't get that deep restful REM sleep that you need. Well, thank you so much. And how is your pain right now? Uh, I don't have pain. So that's the biggest thing. I think I tell, like, I don't, when last time I really had pain is like, I think I sprained my ankle and that was like five years ago or something. Um, I don't have pain and that's a big thing, right? I think if you have pain, then you can't focus on anything else. You, you need to get done in your life. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing your adversity, Amanda. Let's actually move on to the tools that you use to overcome these adversities. And my favorite part of this show um, that I had no idea when I started uh, was all these tools that guests so far had shared were very, very unique and not traditional. And as a survivor of child sex abuse and homelessness, domestic violence, and I feel that people who don't understand the magnitude of trauma just say get a therapist you're going to be fine like you know just talk to professional and that's not really how it works and i've tried uh, so many different modalities to help myself and it seems that way that so far the guests who came to my show they had a very unique um, approach to overcome the adversity so Amanda, what are the tools that you use to overcome your adversity, especially the one that really worked? Um, the biggest one I would say would be, so this is back in 2011. So this is 10 years ago. And I always tell people the biggest thing was I, my grandma found the newspaper clipping, said wellness talk by wellness chiropractor. And he told her, if your granddaughter has fibromyalgia, she's only 20. She's been very, very sick a long time. And a light bulb went off in my grandma's head. And she was like, oh, he really gets it. And that's when he tested me for a bunch of things I had never been tested for. He tested my cortisol levels. He tested my saliva levels. But the biggest thing was he tested me for food sensitivities. I found out I had a high gluten sensitivity, highest in his practice at the time. Um, both parents gave me that gene. Um, I have a really high soy sensitivity, egg sensitivity, and dairy sensitivity. And we're coming up on 10 years that I've been off of those. So like that was the biggest thing. Like. It took years, I think, to get out of my system, those foods and like start. But 
I think that was a big thing for me is to getting rid of those foods. So you said you saw the chiropractic doctor. Who told you about this food sensitivity? So that's, was that the chiropractic doctor? Yeah, the chiropractor. Yeah, the chiropractor doctor actually told me that I had all of those food sensitivities, and I had never been, and I had been tested for like allergies, like regular allergies and stuff like that. But it was, you get, you have to have specific testing to find that out, and like that was a big thing. And I also tell people like dealing with my trauma. And stuff like that is also a big thing. And that's why, like, I talk about trauma on my podcast also, because I feel like trauma creates so much health issues. Yes, absolutely. I recently learned the word psychosomatic. Yeah. Manifestation of the fear and anxiety. Do you think your some of your pains are psychosomatic? Comes from anxiety and trauma probably it was a lot of suppressed emotions and stuff like that i i feel like when i was dealing with that all of that i was dealing with i just held it in and now i think the biggest thing is like i share the trauma i share it all the time so now it doesn't have that hold on me but like even recently i did something and I'd never done it before. And it was something where like, they're like, oh, come imagine a memory of, and just imagine it's whatever the memory is. And it, I actually came up with this memory of my dad and my sister and we getting lectured for hours at a time. And I thought I had moved past that memory but that was like a memory from 20 years ago. And they actually were like, okay, we're going to walk you through that memory and then actually be like, okay, what would you say to your dad now? Picture your dad. Do you want to forgive your dad? Forget. And so I actually forgive my dad. And then they're like, okay, do you want to do it with your stepmom also? Cause that was a, big per that was she was in the picture too so I did it with her but it's like <laughs> you never know what like things are still you're still holding on to right right um so is there any other tools that you want to share with our audience that worked for you um yeah so for that I want to share that one was like freedom it's called freedom prayer and stuff like that so it's actually, I'm a Christian, so they actually were like, imagine Jesus, like being there and picture all of that, right? And stuff and walking through that experience and then walking out the doors through that experience. So that was a big thing for me because I had never done that before. But I think a lot of it is for me personally, it's just like, telling my story on the, my podcast. I've been telling my story for like two years now, two plus years, just on other people's guest podcasts. And I was actually wrote a chapter for a book telling my story about like trauma to triumph the book was called. So like just doing that, I think releases like emotions and it actually helps you realize you're not alone in your journey, right? 
Right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And then I really appreciate you sharing these things. And then I myself was diagnosed with a thyroid um, disease. Uh, first was hyper, and then they took 70% of organ off when I was 20 in Japan. And then I was fine, but I got hypo. And then I was told to uh, take a medication, and I refused. Um, and I started to see nutrition response in testing practitioner. And she yeah. put this food and then, you know, change uh, the strength and the flex uh, while putting the sample on your chest. And then, you know, I discovered more about eating healthy and then um, how we are what we eat. So he, she really helped to change everything that comes um, to my mouth and then digestion system and then everything. And then people just don't sometimes realize those changes will finding out what, what you are allergic for, which is, you know, basically killing you. And after that, like, you know, eating healthy and then just understanding um, why you should eat healthy. I like how you said um, you are what you eat because I feel like that's a big thing. And you can tell when people aren't eating right and stuff like that. And, but I think a lot of times we, I think people are like, put a lot of pressure on themselves to eat right. But it, you don't have to be perfect with your eating, I feel like. But I think people just need to realize healthy eating is really good for you. It gives you so much energy. You could have a life and stuff like that. And a lot of times people are like, I eat healthy. And I'm like, that does, I don't know what that means. It can be 20 different things to, I could ask 20 different people and they would say 20 different things. But I think a lot of times people just need to get started eating healthy. And then you'll start to see the results of feeling, just feeling better. It's not about losing weight. To me, it's about, okay, I want to be there for my nieces who are Almost, one's almost three, and then I have a two-month-old. Okay. I didn't know I was going to have that 10 years ago, right? So, like, things like that. You don't know who the people are going to come into your life. So, you want to eat healthy. You want to be there for those people. Yes. It's very interesting how, you know, these mental things um, and also eating things, it's all balanced. And then people just don't realize one is lacking. And then like say the mental health part is lacking or eating healthy is lacking, or maybe, you know, the exercise portion relationship. And then your boat start to sink because it has to really manage on its own. And that's yeah. what people don't understand. I, yeah, I feel like people don't, that's the biggest thing. People feel like, they're like, well, it's exercise. I'm like, yeah, exercise is a small, teeny part of your day. Um, yeah, you could be eating healthy, but then what is your mindset is a big thing I tell people. Like, if you're, your mindset of like, okay, why am I eating healthy? Why am I doing this? And if you're stressed out to the max, you're not going to stay on eating healthy for too long. You're going to go for that donut. You're going to go for that cookie. So are you like taking downtime? Are you less stressed? Like 
Are you relaxing? Are you, what are your relationships? I think is a big thing. I tell people, if you don't deal with your trauma, then you're probably going to go back to like emotional eating and stuff like that. So what is your environment like? So I feel like it's, I tell people it's a whole approach. It's not one thing, right? It's not one thing that's going to be the magic bullet. And that's what gets pushed in this world is that there's a magic bullet and we do this one thing and it's going to fix our health. Yeah, it's very interesting topic. And especially, you know, coming after the pandemic and everybody was isolated and they felt really depressed. And then one of the thing is like eating healthy can really change your sh- mood and, you know, shift you. And I am firsthand um, testimonial for that because before this nutrition responding testing, I was eating I was not reading the ingredients of what it is inside. And after I started to see her, I pretty much cleaned out the cabinet. I threw away most of the stuff. And then I started to read the uh, ingredients. And if I can't pronounce any of the ingredients, I don't buy. So it was a shift and it was a challenge. But at the same time, I just didn't want to take medication. And then after doing that, I realized the power of food for sure. Yeah, and I tell that's exactly what I tell people. If you can't pronounce it, then you probably it shouldn't go into your body. And go back to like what we were having hundreds and hundreds of years ago, right? The basics. Fruits, vegetables, protein, that type of thing. Don't go through the middle aisles and stuff like that where the cookies and stuff like that are and I mean, it's fine to have a cookie once in a while. I, I don't, I'm not against having a cookie. I have a cookie. I'll have a cookie, but I don't want people to feel like, okay, it's an all or nothing approach. You're going to have times where you're going to go to a birthday party and you'll have a piece of cake. That's fine. Go ahead, have the piece of cake and then eat healthy the next meal. It's just don't get yourself into a spiral where you can't get out of it. Right. Yes. Well, thank you, Amanda, um, for coming to the show. And my last question is a gift that came from adversity. So what is the gift that you think that came out from your adversity? I think the biggest gift is just my compassion for other people. I feel like that's a big thing. Um, I just have a compassion for people who are struggling with illness and I just love that. I just love people and I just care. And I really cared that I want people to get well. And that's a big thing about me. Well, thank you so much for that. And then you have your podcast. I'm sure that is one of the gift too. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I feel like that actually came from, my own experience too like i have my story on there and like my 100 episode i talk a little bit about my story but on that episode and why i created the podcast because i created that podcast it was first for people with fibromyalgia but now going into the last like year and a half it's more about just getting people to find the answers that they need if it's through me that's great 
but if it's through any of my other experts, then that's also great too. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. So Amanda, first of all, I'm very sorry for the challenges that you had, but I'm very grateful that you use these tools to overcome it and then start to get more perspective and especially about a gift. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And uh, Amanda, I would love you to give last word for our audience, especially for people who are going through adversity right now, either illness, abusive situation, or anything that you can maybe lift their souls up. I would say I'm going through that also, so I'll give myself some advice, but I would say don't give up. Don't give up. You have you have a purpose for why you're here on this earth and you might just not know it, but don't give up and get some of someone to help you and remind you that you do have a purpose for being on this earth. Thank you very much for that. Well, Amanda, thank you again for sharing your story on uh, Gift from Adversity. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone again for watching A Gift from Adversity or listening to the podcast. My name is Julia Love. I'm your host. We have great guests coming in the future. And all of the episodes are available on anchor.fm and Spotify as well. Thank you and then take care.